In the small hours, Jimmy Dean King once again awakens to a situation that, until recently, was a bit outside his usual, holding a woman. But it's happened a few times by then, so he's a bit less surprised than he was the first few times. Caroline A. Bear Guidry is loosely curled up with her face nuzzled up to his chest, and he can feel her breath ruffling his little patch of chest hair. It's warm and soft, just like her skin, just like her. He gently strokes her back, runs the tips of his fingers down her arm, and in her sleep, she burrows even closer to him, which he loves. He isn't that much taller than she is, a difference of two or three inches, but because she has that slender frame, kind of petite build, he feels like he's twice her weight and size, which isn't exactly accurate, but gives him a pretty good feeling nonetheless. Rather than having unsettling fears and visions of overpowering or hurting her, at this moment, with her cuddled up in the shelter of his body, he's thinking about defending and protecting her. That feels amazing. It's given him some kind of natural high. He's smiling to himself in the dark. The thought rises unbidden to his mind. Dean Carney could have never. These feelings of positive, constructive power, physical effectiveness taking care of someone he cares about who takes care of him, is doing something to him physically as well. And speaking of rising unbidden, he thinks, should I wake her? Nah, I'll let her sleep. It's not like this is the last time I'm ever gonna. Indeed, his assessment is correct. Several hours later, they're both awake at the same time. Fuck. How were you single until now? <laughs> Caroline has sat up, reached for a water glass on her bedside table. What kind of question is that? I mean, you are amazing at that. I would have thought somebody would have snapped you up. Not even given it a second thought. <laughs> well, not everybody knows about this. My skill set, you know, I don't just go around showing everybody. <laughs> I don't do this with just anyone. She gives him a sultry little look. It's gotta be with somebody special. <laughs> this is doing good things for his ego, of course. In fact, it's been a couple of years since I've done this with someone else. Years. He's surprised. Years. 
yeah. I just didn't find anybody that I liked. Oh, uh, wow. It had not been nearly that long for him. The only time I went without for a couple of years, I was in prison. <laughs> well, yeah, we got different habits, I think. Yeah, well. She offers the water glass to him. So how did you stay single then? He's mildly confused because she knows the answer to that one. Because I wanted to be. Yeah, exactly. Free will entered into the equation a bit for me. <laughs> Fair enough. A couple people wanted to snap me up. But I didn't want that from them. I wanted to stay free. She lays back down, props herself up on her elbows, her hair behind her, her head tilted back, turns her face to look at him. I'm glad I did. I guess patience was a virtue, because now we can have this. Yeah, yeah. Good things come to those who wait. Exactly. He passes the glass back. She puts it down. He rolls over to face her, reaches out his hand to touch her. Sometimes. Other times, there's no use waiting at all. A bit of time elapses. Caroline has apparently dozed off a bit. Jimmy can't tell if she's actually asleep or not, but she's got her eyes closed, nestled in his arms like the little spoon. He kisses her neck where it meets her shoulder, slides his arm out from underneath her head. She's unbothered. Don't feel like you have to get up unless you have to, but I kind of have to. I'm not going to go very far. Okay. I'm not leaving. All right, good. He leans over to kiss her cheek. She doesn't move, just smiles. He starts collecting his clothing from where it had ended up around the room. His suit coat is neatly hung on the back of a chair. His collared shirt folded in half, draped across it. He doesn't remember taking either of those garments off. Nor does he remember, at any point, gathering all of his personal paperwork together and placing it on the floor. But that had apparently happened as well. He thinks, hey, traumatic brain injury. Good to know you're still around. But kind of nonchalantly. He's not upset by his lack of concrete memory in these respects. No harm, no foul. His t-shirt, jeans, boxer briefs, socks, and shoes are kind of littered about. He does remember taking those on and off several times. He gathers them up, starts getting redressed. I'm going to go next door a minute. I got to get some clean clothes, check my answering machine, get the mail and shit. Do you need anything? 
Baby, I'm good. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I live to please you. <laughs> you don't gotta go that far. <laughs> yeah, too late. I'm already pretty far gone. Alright, I better go before I get myself all distracted again. Okay, well, I'm gonna be right here when you get back. You might not even move. <laughs> he's only planning to go directly next door for 20 minutes, but he still pauses to take a long minute, enjoying the sight of her laying curled on her side in her bed, naked with the sheet thrown over her lower half, smiling to herself, looking completely relaxed. He thinks, glad I could do that for you. And then he lets himself out. He too is in a great mood, singing to himself, walking with a little jaunty step. I was meant for loving you, baby. You were meant for loving me. I can't get enough of you, baby. Can you get enough of me? He lets himself into his own house. Can you get enough of me? He stops in the kitchen, starts putting some coffee together. And only after he's pulled a cup does he walk over to the threshold where the kitchen turns into the living room, where he sees Professor Bowden sitting silently in an armchair, looking utterly exhausted and like he just woke up. Cole's suit coat is folded over the back of the sofa, but the professor is still wearing his suit trousers and his shoes. Like he'd just sat down, fallen asleep, sitting there. The circles under his eyes are much darker than usual, and he's unshaven, which is very unusual for him. Jimmy isn't sure if he's ever seen Cole with stubble before. Oh, hey. You, uh, experimenting with growing a beard? Professor Bowden looks at him with extreme unamusement. Welcome back, James. Uh, yeah, I gotta shave myself and uh, pick up my mail and... You know, if that is what you're going for, it looks good. The professor closes his eyes as if drawing on some kind of inner reserve. When he opens them again, Jimmy's going for his answering machine. So Cole says, Your stepmother called. Oh, shit. No, everything's fine. She just wanted to remind you to mow the lawn. Oh, alright, yeah, okay. Shit, had me going for a minute, you know. You never know gym and everything. You listen to my messages? No, I took the call. Oh, hey, cool, thank you. 
don't mention it. Jimmy doesn't have any messages. Cole has also brought in his mail. Hey, oh, thanks, man. You know how to pay you or something. Please don't. Jimmy goes upstairs to his bedroom in the attached bathroom. After a minute, as he's preparing his shaving razor, he notices that Cole has followed him, standing in the doorway. Jimmy lathers up his face, starts shaving himself. You know, you've got a good facial hair pattern going on. Uh, me, I'm not so lucky. Really? It looks fine to me. Well, I, I guess I don't really like it, because my beard hair is a different color than my head hair a little bit. You know, just like my uh downstairs hair. You know what I mean? In the mirror, Jimmy can see Cole heavily closing his eyes again. The professor is finally ready to ask, Where were you? When? The past 48 hours. Oh, I was just next door. Caroline. <laughs> he grins. I stopped back in a minute yesterday. We must have missed each other. I didn't see you. Yes, <sighs> I, I probably went to work. Which is the only time that I've left this property during that time. I was waiting for you to come back, but I didn't see any signs that you had even been here, and... Cole rubs his forehead. I was concerned. Jimmy turns around to look at him in the eye face-to-face -face, rather than in the mirror. He's still got half his own face covered with the shaving lather. Really? And I'm sorry. I suppose I should have noted that I also didn't see Miss Gidry during that time, but for some reason that didn't occur to me. My mind immediately went a bit farther afield. Oh, no. Jimmy cleans his razor, pats on a little aftershave. Everything's great. I finally took your advice, dude. Oh, my God. I don't know oh, why I waited so long, but I'm so fucking glad I did, dude. Oh my god, she's amazing. Cole continues watching Jimmy with the same expression on his face as when he denounced that he, he'd been concerned. But Jimmy's on a roll. This woman is incredible. As fantastic as she is as a person, she is ten times better in bed. Oh, her pussy. So fucking tight, dude. So fucking tight. The only thing better is her mouth. It's unreal. We didn't try anal yet, but I don't even know if we have to. I, I am plenty happy with what I got. Jimmy has been freshening himself up at the sink. Brushing his teeth. Spits out his toothpaste, straightens back up with a big smile on his face. And only then does Cole reply, I'm so very happy for you. I thought you were dead. Jimmy has finished his business in the bathroom, stepping past Cole into the bedroom, reaches out to pat his friend on the shoulder.
You thought I was dead? Why would I be dead? I don't know. You're a man of habit. Your behavior fell out of line with your habit, and I had no idea what to even think. Okay, but why would I be dead? Because I called both the jail and the hospital. They had no record of you. Jimmy's in his walk-in closet, grabbing a clean t-shirt and a fresh pair of jeans. And at last, it occurs to him this was kind of serious. Oh, buddy. I even called the neighboring parishes to see if you'd been in a traffic accident. Well, thanks for looking out, but hey, look, you don't have to automatically assume I'm dead. I'm a pretty good driver. I don't hit the road shit-faced or none of that, so I'm pretty good there. Random acts of violence are fairly rare, so... I didn't really think it would be random violence. I thought perhaps someone from your previous lives had caught up with you. Or, Cole rubs his eyes, perhaps you had been driven to suicide. Jimmy pauses, drops his clean clothes on the bed, walks over to Cole with concern and sympathy on his face, gently but firmly takes his friend by the arm. Buddy, nah, don't worry about that. I'm not trying to kill myself. He breaks into a smile again, just unable to repress it. Especially not now. I got every reason to live. Cole closes his eyes again, recentering himself. Well, good. That's nice to hear. And I'm genuinely glad that you've um, apparently found the companionship which you desired. <sighs> Jimmy pats Cole again. Hey, if I'm ever missing again, just come over next door and knock. Or, um... <laughs> he goes back to getting his things together. Uh, maybe don't. Maybe call first, because uh, I may be uh, otherwise occupied. <laughs> yes, um, that would be awkward. I already destroyed, like, a box of condoms the past couple days. Uh, <laughs> it's a good thing I still got another one. <laughs> Don't have to break to go to the store yet. Uh, yes convenience no thank you for encouraging me cause oh, she's so sweet yes so I've heard I mean she knows I told her um about about Dean oh how did she take it like a champ like she wasn't even phased. She she just uh, wanted to know a couple things. So I filled her in. She knows she can ask me anything. Anytime. And, um, and I'm gonna tell her the truth. And she almost seemed like she thought it was cool. It was like it was interesting. And 
She told me that she thinks I'm a hero. Cole considers this, decides the question he's going to go with is, and this was surprising to you? Jimmy considers this in return, but only for a minute. Well, yeah. That's not exactly how I see it. Yes, and perhaps you have a distorted sense of self-perception. Yeah, and perhaps the moon is made out of cheese and the sun revolves around the earth. Jimmy realizes his metaphor doesn't really hold up, reconsiders it, decides to maybe save the sarcasm. Who's to say what's distorted and not? And what's the guarantee that somebody else isn't going to have the same perception of myself that I do? Yes, I guess I see your point, but for context, consider that we're in Louisiana. Conmen, frauds, and hucksters are an established part of our culture. Everyone is familiar with that type, and there's a sort of populist understanding that those people are a problem. So, someone, especially an ordinary person, taking down someone like that, reclaiming power from that type of personality, is something to be celebrated. Like David felling Goliath. Jimmy considers this, but he's not entirely ready to believe it. You think that's it? I think it's an element that perhaps you should consider. Jimmy shrugs, goes to retrieve a duffel bag from where he keeps it. He then takes a spare set of his own bed sheets out of a storage trunk, puts them in the duffel bag, starts loading his clean clothing on top. He's smiling again, showing teeth. Cole isn't sure if he's ever seen Jimmy smiling this widely before. He can see the gap on the left side of Jimmy's upper teeth between the incisor and the back teeth. Bicuspids, I think they're called. I don't know. Whether I'm a populist hero or not, all I know is this woman cares about me. She wants me. She accepts me. She's willing to look past the shit I can barely even look past to myself in. It's a pretty good feeling, man. It's pretty good. And if I play this right, this could be for the rest of my life. Cole looks at him skeptically. Play this right? Jimmy goes back into the bathroom, starts grabbing his toiletry supplies, neatly wraps his toothbrush and shaving kit in a hand towel. Realizing they were just talking about frauds, conmen, and hucksters. Yeah, play this like the hand I've been dealt in life. Right. Jimmy returns to the bedroom, puts the stuff he'd gathered into the duffel bag, looks at Cole, still manically smiling, but nakedly sincere. I could fall in love with her. I think I already have. Or at least I started to. I got the ball rolling. This is maybe a bit premature, but... 
Cole doesn't begrudge him that. He softens a bit, smiles back. So, are you two officially involved now? Yeah, I mean, I told her that if she wanted to be serious about me, which she said she did, then I wanted to be serious about her, too. She's the only person for me. I mean, you and I were still best friends. You know that? Yeah. Yes. But, you know, I think, um, I think I, I gotta put the kibosh on the, you know, uh, other stuff we were getting up to. Because if I'm gonna do this, I want to do it for real. I don't, I don't want to lie to her. I don't want to go back on my promises. I, Jimmy, I know, it's fine. I support that wholeheartedly. And in fact, if you hadn't suggested that, I would have insisted on it. Oh. Now Jimmy's got to make a joke. He puts a hand up in a shrug. You don't want this anymore? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, James. <laughs> I want you to succeed at your new relationship, so I think you should concentrate on it. Perhaps not to the exclusion of other things you enjoy doing, but... You certainly do not need to continue liaising with me. I don't think that would help anything. Whoa. <laughs> nah. I was gonna kid around and say it would help something, but... <laughs> At this point, I don't need a whole lot of help in that arena anyway. Oh, God, dude. Jimmy rubs his forehead, still blissfully grinning. Yes, you don't need to remind me. Of her, um, physical attributes. But that ain't all, right? She's just a good person. I don't know how such a good person wants anything to do with me, but you better believe that I'm gonna try to make that work out. I'm gonna ride that train to the very last station. If it kills me. I I sincerely hope it does not kill you. No, 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 I just meant, like, uh, that was a, a colloquial expression. I don't... I don't think this is gonna kill me. I think it's uh, pretty much the opposite. He hoists the duffel bag, putting the strap over his shoulder, a look of pure wonderment on his face. How about I make you some coffee? You look like you need it. Yes, that would be very helpful. Thank you for considering me. Jimmy isn't sure if that was sarcastic or just the fact that Cole is very dry in his delivery a lot of times. But either way, it doesn't slow his roll. Hey, well, it's the least I can do for all that you consider me. He smacks Cole on the shoulder. Hey, let's go. She's waiting for me, and I want to get back to her as soon as I can.